The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the Jewish crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my body is blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. So it looks like today we're gonna have another glorious day like yesterday, just absolutely gorgeous out. And you know, I don't know, there's something that I, I, I can't know and we don't really all know about each other and I don't know where you're gonna journey today. Where your day's gonna take, I hope it's a day of rest, but I don't know where you're gonna journey today. And if we're really all honest and we kinda look at how our weeks go, oftentimes we can have a plan, maybe some kind of guide or a calendar or something that's gonna kinda point out what we have in our week. We most of us know what we're doing into next week, even if it's summertime, right? For those out of school. But really, we really only have today. There's no set guarantee on tomorrow. None of us have tomorrow totally shoot in, but we plan for tomorrow. But oftentimes when we plan for our journeys, right, sometimes that journey gets somehow shifted or moved or things happen and all of a sudden a day or a week can be all kind of twisted around and we thought we were gonna do one thing, next thing you know we're doing something else, even on vacation. So, I cannot have, neither can any of us have any true certainty on our journey. But there's one thing, because we're human beings, we can all be certain of. We can be certain of for each and every one of us because we're human beings. We're gonna need food for our journey. We need food for our journey. Our minds could already be in lunch, which we're having afterwards, right? It may be dinner, because I'm giving the homily, so it might be three hours, right? Oh man, here's Father Richard, gonna be dinner now before we get out of here. But, but we, we have a, a, maybe a plan to eat or something, but we know we need some kind of nourishment. And we also know that, I don't know if you remember, I'm, my, my mom may be able to correct me, but my mom and dad, as I say, watch live streams, so they're watching right now. So she said, Richard, maybe I didn't say that, right? But I remember my mom saying things, you are what you eat. Eat those carrots, they're gonna help your eyes. You need to eat your greens before you have that sugar. And we know if we have too much sugar, now I got the attention of the kids, right? Sugar, you're talking my language. 
We know too much of that will give us a headache or too much Coca-Cola soda, even though I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, Coca-Cola, right? Also, But too much sugar, too much of that, we know that we can somehow be dehydrated on our journey. We're really good in our times now to say, okay, hear it, we're gonna go way out of our way and we're gonna go shop for organic food. Go to the farmer's market and get it fresh. And we all know the effects of too much junk food. What junk food can do to our system and kind of weighs down. But imagine going a week without even eating. Think of what that would do for your energy, even if it's summertime and you can go swim a swim meet and you haven't eaten for four days. Probably not gonna be the fastest in the pool. So one thing's for certain, we all need food for our journey. And God who created us and loves us and all humanity knows we need that food for our journey. So he's the provider of his wonderful earth. He also needs spiritual food for our journey. And he wants to be that food. The living word of God was with the Father in the beginning of time, with the Holy Spirit before the teenage girl Mary said yes to the Archangel Gabriel and conceived that eternal word in her womb and the word became fleshed and pitched his tent among us and she carried him for nine months and then went to Bethlehem and in a cave, because there was no room in the inn, the son of living God breathed his first breath, having assumed our flesh. And Bethlehem, my brothers and sisters in Christ, literally means house of bread. Bethlehem means house of bread, and this Jesus was laid in a manger, a wooden manger, which is a feeding trough for animals, and he's the one who said, I am the bread of life. He wants to feed us on our journey. In Deuteronomy, Moses and them, they're, they're, they're trying to feed on the quail and the manna that came down from heaven, but that didn't sustain them spoke about the living word of God which can sustain us too to break open the living word of God because the living word of God is who we receive in the flesh in the Eucharist Jesus body blood soul and divinity in the Eucharist either species if you receive Jesus in the consecrated host which right now is bread that's going to be brought up what's in the tabernacle is truly Jesus body, blood, soul, and divinity, either species, you receive that consecrated host, you receive Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity, completely. If you receive the precious blood, which is now wine that's gonna become his precious blood, you receive Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist because he's God and we're not, and he wants to feed us. And every priest all over the world, independent of their language, independent of their holiness, independent of their human imperfections, because we can let you down, 
if those priests coming to the altar choose to do what our God wants us to do as his priest, he is the one high priest and we participate in that priesthood, I participate ministerially, you participate as the common priesthood of Jesus Christ. In a moment I'm gonna say, my brothers and sisters, pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Father Almighty. And you'll respond, may the Lord accept the sacrifice in your hands for the praise and glory of his name for our good and the good of all the world. Wow. So every priest who celebrates mass, independent if you even understand the language, does what the church wants us to do, it happens. We act in persona Christi. If I go with you to Chick-fil-A and I say, I like the hot and spicy versus the number one order, I'm not acting in persona Christi. <laughs> Hopefully I'm like feeding you first and saying my prayers and doing what I need to do and I'm acting as an example of Christ, but I'm not acting persona Christi. But when we consecrate over the host, we are truly acting in persona Christi. And what happens is it truly becomes Jesus. Body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. He wants to feed us. Now that I talked about a sandwich or whatever, for you little ones, if you go out and have a meal and you receive something, it comes into you, nourishes your blood, everything, gives you the strength for your journey and becomes one with you. When we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, we go into him and we become one body in Christ. One body in Christ. And so we truly are what we eat. We become one body in Christ. And why? Why does, why does Jesus want to give us this food for our journey to be our strength, to be our help, to be our guide. Because he wants us to be witnesses to where we're ultimately journeying. Like Moses and the, those lost in the desert. Our life can be like a desert. We're lost and we're journeying and we need the Holy Spirit. We need that pillar of fire. We need that cloud that prefigured that was the Holy Spirit guiding the chosen people. Where? To the promised land, eternal life. So that as we receive Jesus in the Eucharist and we walk out into our world, we realize that we are walking tabernacles. In the words of St. Therese of Lisieux, Jesus does not come from heaven to earth to dwell in a golden ciborium or a tabernacle. He comes to dwell in the hearts of those he's created, whom he loves. One baptized Christian is greater than all the basilicas, churches with all their ornaments with all their material wealth. One baptized Christian is greater than all of those combined. One human being created in the image and likeness of God. One human being is greater than all the stars in the universe. Our worth before God, he wants to come dwell within us so that we can take him out to our world. We have tabernacles, but the reason we have tabernacles is not to keep the precious blood in the tabernacle, but to keep the consecrated host. 
And the reason the church began doing that was that we could take the host, consecrated host, Jesus himself, to those who were on the edge of eternity. Those who were preparing to step into eternity and see Jesus face to face. And it is literally called in Latin, viaticum. Via means way. Viaticum. Food for the journey. For that ultimate final stretch of our journey. As St. Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. For sure he must have received viaticum, his food for the journey. Those first Christians, imagine our mother Mary receiving viaticum. She herself received the same Eucharist that we'll receive today. Jesus comes to us so we can go out into our world and be a reflection of him in our world. To be a witness. I have to make a confession here. And my confession is this, I am officially a University of Oklahoma fan. That's my confession. I did a baptism yesterday and one of the parents there, grandparents was like, hey, I went to Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma, that's awesome. I'm officially a Universal, University of Oklahoma fan because the women's softball team won the national championship. How about that? So all those softball players are like, yeah. But not only are they champions in a game, they are champions in faith. And let me tell you why. Witnesses to the faith. Witness to, to this Jesus who is real. They were in an interview after the game and they won the championship a few years ago and they lost one year in all up and downs of any sport world. And they were interviewed and the reporter said to the lead young lady on the team, her name was Grace, probably the MVP or whatever, and said, Grace, how do you do it? How do you deal with the ups and downs of playing the sport and winning and losing and being a college student in life and all this other stuff that's going on? How do you do it? And how do you, Grace, keep the joy? Because y'all got a joy about you on your team. And Grace looked at that reporter with conviction and said, oh, you're talking about a sport, softball? Yeah, we're gonna win and lose. It's not gonna be perfect. Life's gonna be tough. I'm not always gonna get an A on my test, whatever. But joy? I'll tell you where I get my joy from. There's only one source of that joy, and that joy is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is my joy. And that's the joy that allows me to play this game to give glory to God. Then they shifted to the next girl next to her, next young lady next to her, and she goes, 1,000%. She nailed it. Grace nailed it. 1,000%. You see, I won the national championship with Oklahoma, she said, when I was a freshman. And after winning that championship, a week later, I was seeking other joys in the world. I was trying to find it in this and trying to find it in that, but I was inherently unhappy. I didn't have a joy. But thanks to my sisters in Christ, I encountered Jesus Christ. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and now, this has meaning beyond a championship, beyond a championship. Then the next young lady went, and I'm like, are they gonna go three for three here? And she chimes in and she said, yep, there's a joy. 
with my Christian sisters in Christ, the one joy I know is that all of us are journeying to heaven. We have a Father in heaven who loves us. And there's a joy that we will have forever. And nothing will ever take away that joy. And so that's why when you see us on the softball field and you see us in the dugout doing our little things, when we do this, eyes up, and our saying to each other is, eyes up. That to us means eyes up, give glory to God. We're heading that way. We're heading that way. When was the last time you saw a baseball player hit a home run and go, coming across the home plate? But when was the last time you saw a baseball player or someone strike out and go, eyes up? The idea is eyes up because our beloved Lord, we have eyes up, he has eyes down. He comes down to meet us in our hearts and the encounter is an encounter of a heart. It's an experience of Christ who is real. It's not an obligation, it's not a check in the block, it's not let me just do this and go Sunday and do this, do my hour, that's it, and then it doesn't impact the rest of our life. He comes to feed us through his living word of God in the Eucharist so that he can be our food for the journey. What will your relationship be like with Jesus? And maybe you already do this. If more than 15 minutes after receiving him in the Eucharist in your heart, you continue to talk to him. And I'm not talking about 15 minutes just staying in the pew. How will that transform your family if when you get into that car, there's not so much of a rush out of the parking lot, but you pause and say, our car is our family chapel. What do we wanna tell Jesus we're thankful for today? Maybe you little ones, it may be, well, Jesus, my food for the journey is I go to the pool this summer, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna let someone else jump off the diving board before me, or I'm gonna bring help in the house at a time when I'd rather be playing outside because I know it helps my mom or my dad. Well, maybe for me, son, daughter, it's I've got a tough meeting next week and I know it's gonna be hard, but I know y'all are gonna pray for me and Jesus is gonna be food for my journey when I go into that boardroom meeting and I know I need to just deliver because people are expecting it, but above all, I need to love the people that I work with so Jesus is gonna be my food for the journey there. Maybe for mom it's like, you know what, maybe when it's a little hard and I feel like at times in the house that all the responsibilities are falling down on me to drive everybody everywhere, whether mom or dad doing that, to prepare the meal, to do all this stuff and all this stuff, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna reflect on Jesus and I'm gonna turn to him and I'm gonna say, Lord, I received you Sunday. I want you to continue to be my food for the journey. My brothers and sisters in Christ, imagine what our world could be like starting with each one of us realizing fully who comes to feed us sustain us and accompany us as true food as true food spiritual food for our journey amen